Can you believe in a finite object possessing infinite power? Or that a mineral can be proclaimed the medicine of the 21st century? Or that the power of nature can win over the ignorance of man? If you can, you will know why our mission is to get Shungite to the masses. You are entering the Shungite zone. This is the Shungite radio show produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for being here. We hope that you're having a fairly good day. It is the Shungite Reality Show. It's October 10th, 2023. What we're going to do is we're going to play a hour Shungite. Uh, well, it was Derek with Crow 777. And it's about 50 minutes. And he's talking about reincarnation. So we're going to play that in the first part of the the show here today and then uh, Mark Joseph and Derek and I will be on for the second hour so I'm just going to start this thing up and um, hopefully you'll find it informative all right man welcome to Crow 777 radio this is episode 542 Jason Lingren is with me and Derek Condit returns uh, we're going to talk a little bit about reincarnation today seems to be like a growing topic I see a lot of books, and uh, actually I've seen a number of clips of people talking about it, and these near-death experiences seem to be very popular on YouTube, have been for some time. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a lovely good morning. Let's just jump in. Welcome back, Derek. I appreciate you guys having me back. Thank you. I was going to actually break down uh, the episodes you've been on, so here goes nothing, or here goes something. Uh, the last time was 476. Then 426, episode 302 was Derek, episode 240, and the first time you showed up with us was episode 225. Anyhow, how have you been? Well, I've been uh, been busy, doing a lot of things. I'm really thrilled to be back with you guys because we always get into some interesting topics. Well, folks should know that you provide the giveaway that we do. But why don't you tell folks where they can find you and your work and contact you, all that. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. My main website right now is mysticalwares.com. And, and that's where it's, you can basically find everything that I'm into, the various podcasts, a lot of the Shungite stuff that we've talked about before, my latest ventures going on. But yeah, I appreciate that. And then that's where you can also, we've linked to the various Crow episodes where I've, I've been on the podcast. So we share those as well. Yeah, you know, I wear Shungite all the time now. I have like a medallion that I wear around my neck. It's a flower of life medallion. I think it's uh, laser etched, uh, but I wear it every day. As a matter of fact, when I get into the day and I realized I haven't put it on, I feel like I'm missing. Um, there's something to the Shungite. And also uh, in my just water, I keep a big chunk of Shungite as well. So every day when I drink, there's a big chunk of Shungite. But we want to start here. Yeah, I mean, we could just jump right in because the topic, you know, of course, was reincarnation. They mentioned um, that comes by different terms. I'll also, I have no formal background training on this and that thing. So I don't come from any set belief systems or um, 
understandings. For those who don't know, some societies that call people like me a seer. I can I like the word person. Um, so I, I blend intuition with etheric sight, you can say. And that's where I kind of stumble sometimes because I don't have some of the terms that are maybe out there or used. But that's also a good thing because then I come at it from a fresh perspective. And that's why I was kind of excited about today because I had no, again, training in this. So a belief system, and I've done, I don't know how many hundreds of sessions now where I do them promotion and I get to perceive and I see them a, and I like the term spirit guides. And I'm bringing this up for a reason. I know we're talking reincarnation, but during these sessions, when I do this and these different individuals come in, and then, and let's, I'll, I'll give an example of what I'm getting at here. So let's say I'm doing a session and somebody asked me, well, what was my past life? So I, I started perceiving that and I could intuit it so I could tune into it. And here's kind of the, the part that caught me off guard. When I started doing that occasionally, and it didn't happen every time, when I would remote perceive, oh, I've got some years from ringing, that individual in their other lifetime is what I'm saying here. So not, they would sometimes be aware that I'm perceiving them. So what I'm saying is in 3D here, I'd, I'd have that person again, either on computer or physically in front of me in my office. I look off to the right and I don't know why it's that way, but it is. And then that's where I get the visual, the physical part of this reality kind of gets hazy and the metaphysical, the other 90% kind of tunes in. And that's a whole nother podcast in itself. But when I do that, I get to perceive the other lifetime. And what I was saying was that person eventually, occasionally would turn around and look back at me. They would realize I was looking into them on another life. So that got me, I started realizing it because when I started doing this, I wasn't issued some psychic manual with all the instructions or how to do this. Actually, I would have thrown it away anyway. Um, Cause I'm all about just jumping in the kitchen and trying to cook as an analogy. So that's what I would do. And then if the person in front of me, another to expand on this example, was aware that they were intuitive, and everyone is, by the way, but if they were aware of it, doesn't mean they were psychic and were doing readings, this, that, and the other, but they knew they had good gut instincts that they should probably follow. That's another way of saying it. That individual with that mindset, and it's happened many, many times now, often in that other life, again, would realize I was perceiving them. So that, and I could interact with them, communicate. And it was that same person. So then I started realizing, well, wait a minute. If this is a, you're born, you're, you're living in, this was years ago now. So, um, and I kept expanding it from there, realizing that, well, that doesn't quite make sense if I'm able to actually communicate with the same individual entity. I'll just use the term to like entity because we're light entities having a physical experience, an incarnation. But I realized we're not limited to that because that other Oh, actually, there's a good description of this. Um, I think it's in all the Marvel movies nowadays, multiverse, and they, they spin it through different ways and different terms on it. But that's a pretty good description of what happens. And again, I went out not knowing that. So then I would communicate with that other lifetime. And during the session, you know, I have to wrap my head around all this because I didn't expect when I was remote perceiving or remote viewing the past, I'm throwing air quotes here, the past life of this person. The last thing I thought I was going to watch, uh, I'll call it an etheric movie, a visual, where I get to see parts and pieces, hear some stuff. It's just a, a, a mix match sometimes. It comes in differently. But again, that's when I had that aha moment or epiphany going, whoa, wait a minute, that one. And then we interacted and it varied per person, of course, um, on how, where they were or in that. And I like to term it concurrent life. So it's more like 
video on demand, like Netflix, one of those systems, um, when I would perceive another lifetime, it would come in like that, but they're all running at once. So I'm still, you know, wrapping my head around it as well. And then having these limited terms to explain it. But that was the thing that I kind of stumbled on. And I'm sure there's lots of different ways of describing that, but do I need to elaborate on anything I've said so far? Because I know I'm kind of jumping in the deep woo-woo here. Well, I'm going to take it that there's no handbook for the recently deceased. So do you think you're actually interacting with literal time? Like, is time changing when you're perceiving and interacting with someone's past self? Like, let's say they're in the 1800s and it's 2023. Or is this more on a spiritual level, like an energetic level? It's kind of not necessarily specifically connected. Like, if you connected or remote perceived someone who's a famous historical figure, you couldn't technically altered time that would affect the present, right? It would depend on that person on the other end's understanding. So when I've done that, it's like, okay, I'll just, again, have to use the terms I got here. Tune in to that time. And there's air quotes again behind the scenes. And it's that time. So it's not like I'm watching a replay because time, of course, isn't a thing anyway. It doesn't exist. It's just a way, and that. it's a way for us here to describe things and put it in linear, linear fashion. And really to start, the person has to realize when it into it and it would be, have that epiphany or aha moment, like I said, that on a thing, so it's not part of your recipe, and then you're not limited by that anymore. And there was that's literally how I started doing it more when I realized, going, wait a minute, and then it got stronger because I wasn't distracted by that limitation. Or I always use cooking analogies, of course. So that ingredient that was distracting that wasn't real anyway. So if I remote perceive to somebody through call time. They're aware in their as well. I've done this. Yeah, I was going to talk about when we're talking time. So I've I've done this in here and now with another psychic tuned into them, and literally they picked up on me there and saw me and perceived me out of out of time. So maybe a week earlier. It's hard to describe. So wait a minute. Someone from the past you're interacting with? It yes, and I was told about it in the current. If that makes sense. Well, the point I guess I'm getting at is there's, you know, one of the things I'm not big on a lot of the theoretical nonsense I see coming from physics, mm-hmm. but maybe 20, 30 years, there was this idea that they illustrated where the past, the future, and now is just like a frame out of a film and they would line them all up and they would go at it that way. But my point is in that way of thinking, if the past has already happened, then it's just, it's a record, right? It's nothing more. It's unchangeable, but interacted with someone from a previous time, then that's not true. See where I'm going here? I do. And that gets sticky because it's not, it's more like that piece of film folded over itself rather than continuing that way. So it can, it's tuning in. It's just like literally thinking you have a, you know, FM radio in here. Um, you know, you can tune in any, any genre of music you want. It's all there no matter what. So it's just a focus thing. So it's, it's such a difficult thing to describe because I don't have the language either. Um, But time is just, it isn't a thing from my perspective when I do my sessions and try and remote perceive. Um, So I'm even trying to describe how I did it with that other uh, psychic on where I had thought about it beforehand. And it's really just a focusing about him in the past And then he had the realization, realized it was me. It's really a difficult thing to talk about because there's no concrete way to do it. So I think our best way here, well, one point I can say is, and I don't know if you guys are aware, but there have been, I don't know how many researchers on this particular case and other ones like it 
to where, and, and people can look this up later too, to where there's been three-year-old kids who have, you know, been born with a certain scar here or there, or I'm, I'm sorry, birthmark here, there, wherever. Um, and they, and three-year-olds is this particular one I'm talking about. And he started talking about how he died, how, where he died, how he did this and the other. And then it was re- even the city or not the city it was a, uh, like a province somewhere in the Middle East. And then they located it. And it go- I'm not going to bore you with the whole story now because I don't have it in front of me, but there's a lot of these research and studies that have had articles written on them where these young children who are just not at that state of awareness yet to where they're thinking that far out, making up a story. They're just literally saying, well, I did this, that, and the other. And then they're verified in many ways. I've actually experienced versions of that. In Buddhist traditions, there's an idea that when a child is, I think they draw the line somewhere like five years old, that they have some memory of where they've just come from before they were born. And what's interesting is I had a nephew or have a nephew when he was very young, my wife, her sister, her husband, and our nephews all went to the Queen Mary. We had a separate room and the youngest nephew at the time who had just begun to speak well, so he was three or four, came into the room with us and he looked around and he sat down and he said to us something to the effect of, I was in this room with my other mom. And interestingly enough, at the time I was studying Buddhism and Indian traditional spiritual ideas. And so I took seriously what he was saying. I go, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, my other mom. And I said, you mean your mom that you have now? And he said, no, my other mother. And there was something to do with a picture on the wall. But the way it happened, it was clear that there was actually truly something had just gone on there. And uh, we pursued it. We went around looking at the old pictures. There was something to do with the picture. But here's here was my problem, Derek. When I was in my 20s, I was very into the idea of a past life. So at the time, way back then, what people were doing was going to someone who hypnotized you. They do pre, I think they call it past life regression or something. As I was looking into this, I started losing my, you know, I, I didn't really want to do it because I kept finding these people claiming, oh, well, I regressed this person and they were Cleopatra. And I'm like, well, you know, everyone, everyone's famous, you know, in their past life. It just, what I was hearing was putting me off it. Then a little bit later, when I was doing other research, I found from spiritual people who were very adept, who said you should never allow yourself to be hypnotized. And they described why that was, and it made perfect sense to me. So long and short of it, I never went down that road. But to bring it up to where we are, the near-death thing, have you noticed the commonality? Like if you go and listen to like 10 near-death people who are describing There is so much commonality in what they're saying. You know, I used to go into this wondering, is this person making up a tale? But if you listen to a lot of them, there's absolutely a commonality. Anyhow, I don't know where the heck I'm going with all this. But the point is, uh, it sounds like you absolutely accept that we are reincarnated. So I've got to ask, do you feel like everyone that's listening to this when they die? Is it like an automatic thing? Are we coming back here? Uh, that was a big question. That's going to go on a lot of angles. Oh yeah, the reincarnation thing is a thing. It is, and how it works that. But now the automatic thing. There's that can well that opens up to a lot of things. And then by the way, it's not that there's and I've 
preempt um, to the show, I started, you know, I Google us, reincarnation, because I want to get a, a vague idea of what people were thinking. I saw everything from, you start as a, a weed in the grass, and you get a promote to a butterfly, and then you go through, and I heard all kinds of stuff out there. None of that was accurate from my perspective. And we can get back on that if we need to. So let me interrupt. Do you think there's anything to, I'm sure you're familiar with the idea of the book of the, dip, the book of the dead, the Tibetan version, where I think it's 49 days you spend in the in-between, the bardo. Does any of that ring true to you? It does, but it also depends on the person's understanding or belief when they pass. And I also say in that comment before that you can't come back in as a butterfly if that's what you do. I was just, and you can, I was just saying, because that's just a vehicle. I was just saying that that's not a, a set rule that happens. So I've seen it in all sorts of ways. And some people get stuck in, oh, what was the term? Purgatory. And I know there's different versions of that. So I've had done sessions where, remember, I have no understanding of all this. I haven't been taught this in the past. I've been a busy guy in my life. Started doing the, again, what I call the woo-woo, the, the mediumship, the psychic thing. And then the site turned up more. So then I would see a, someone come for sessions, what I was going to say. And then they tell me so-and-so family member or friend passed, or sometimes they wouldn't even say, and the person would be behind them. And what I'm getting at, sometimes I would tune into, or I still call it remote perceived because it doesn't matter if you're incarnate or not. I'm tuning into the light being that we are. It's the entity. And I would see them in some, I'll call it a movie, something they were imagining. Because I, my ears are going off now. When I perceive what people call auras or biofields, um, I can see the change in it when they start to use their imagination. And that's a thing as well. Um, so then I would see that person I was tuning into running stories through their head. And often it would be something maybe they were taught in this life and no religion or some club they were in, who knows. And they believe they had to go through a certain scenario. I've seen it other ways where people will realize, nope, it's all BS. It's all story time. And then they become aware right away. And I get to chit chat with them. And that's the mediumship part I do. A number of traditions say exactly what you just said, where if you were raised Christian, when you go across, you may see Jesus. Whereas if you were raised in some other spiritual tradition, uh, the things you experience would relate more closely. In other words, it's the idea or I guess I accept it's the idea of what's in your mind is going to shape, you know, your experience, your past experiences, your memories, and your own mind are going to shape the way you perceive as the transition occurs. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly how I've seen it as well. And so it's not, yeah. And it's, I've, I've in the years, you know, heard so many stories or seen the movies where they say you have to do this, that, and the other, and nothing is a have to, unless like we were just saying, you believe it. Because our imagination and emotions are what affect 90% of this reality. That's the metaphysical. Our physical bodies affect the physical 10%. Um, I just kind of say, you know, suggest to people, don't get stuck in any story down here. And I call them all stories. So it doesn't matter where you come from. You've come from, you know, the East, the West, uh, and wherever. There's different stories. And a lot of them kind of carry over and, and match up for a reason as well. But I just have a realization. It's It's hard to to really describe it. But yeah, you know, you said automatic, so it's not an automatic thing, but do you have the option? Yes. And I'll tell you what animals trans, they, um, trans, what was I read? Transmigration. So, but the reincarnation thing a whole lot quicker than humans sometimes. So I've seen that happen. And what I'm does like, that mean? So, okay. A lot of people have cats, 
So a lot of people have cats here in the West. So I get a lot of those people coming in saying, you know, Kitty so-and-so has passed over. And I'm like, well, I don't know. You know initially, and I'm years into it now, look, I'm like, well, let's see. And all of a sudden, you can communicate. And the animal telepathy is a thing. That's been shown by scientists before, just human to human entity telepathy. It's we're, What we have to get our heads around is we're not the vehicle. So it wasn't a cat I was talking to or communicating with. It was a light entity, again, having a, a cat experience in this case that we're talking about, but often we're talking humans. So once they transition, die, they're, they're that light entity again. So they literally can choose their forms. I've seen them change um, their, I'll just say visual, what they're wearing just to get me to comment on it to the person in front of me. Because usually the, the client in front of me, you know, they're not, they're feeling stuff usually and getting gut instincts, but often they don't have the sight, so they're not like seeing much. And you don't have to either, by the way. It's actually really distracting. Um, your emotions, those random welling up sensations around your heart chakra, though in the ringing in your ears, usually your left ear, that's a thing that we should all be listening to. And then in those moments, open up your imagination. I didn't say steer it, just let it be open. That's a frequency, by the way. And then you'll get the input. And that's how people can do the whole psychic thing. Again, we all already are. Um, so it's not automatic that you come back in, but it's a choice. So it's it, it can go lots of directions from there. I don't remember if you asked something. Else. Go ahead. Well, it's interesting because everybody's aware. Like you know, remember when Jason? Remember when the channel got taken down? It was episode seventy-seven. Everyone had fallen for the Mandalay Bay false flag, and uh, we showed that it was uh, Act One, Scene One you know, the, the witches in the desert with the demon familiar. And that's why I'm bringing this up and, and that kind of black magic -y, the demon familiar, I think it's supposed to be a toad, but the name was paddock. That was the shooter's name. The scene opens up anyhow. So we're doing this. The reason I'm bringing this up is because the idea of the familiar who remembers the old Kim Novak movie with Jimmy Stewart. Uh, sheesh. What's it called? Bell book and candle right? The cat is a familiar because Kim Novak is playing a witch. So it's commonly known if you read old things that certain animals would be familiars because of the spiritual, I guess, connections they can make. But I always had a problem with the Buddhist idea that, you know, they used to, I see, I would read things where some supposed gurus telling someone you don't squat like this because you can be reincarnated as a frog. And I'm like, come on, man. And so finally, I met a guy who was supposedly a recognized reincarnation called a tolku. And I asked him, once you're a human being, can you be, is, do you accept that you can be re reincarnated as an animal? And he said, no. He said, that's kind of like a scare trick tactic. Kind And actually, he used the description as the way the Catholic Church uses you're going to go burn and you know brimstone and fire so i gotta ask you once you're at the level of a human being do you feel like you could regress and become like a grasshopper or something uh i've never seen something like that and i have not seen everything but not not so much i think it's a different i would say i guess i don't like level because that gets you thinking that there's higher or lower but a different type of being that chooses those vehicles, the grasshopper, the this, that, and the other, because I've communicated with, this is going to really go out there, trees. And of course, you know, I didn't know that they could, and it was straight up telepathy from a tree. I have no idea if that's been talked about or put out in any book anywhere. It was a, a massive redwood, and it's happened much more since then, but a massive redwood 
for the first time in Northern California. I was literally tucking a piece, well, a piece of our cosmic silver shungite, the shungite I tumble in silver, tucking it. It wasn't on a show for anybody. There was people around. Nobody knew what I was doing. Tucked it in the bark of the tree. There was a 27-foot diameter on this tree. It was a big tree. So, and then all of a sudden, heart chakra activates, lights up. I'm like, what? and I'm not a, you know, a, a guy that like breaks down a lot. Um, so it just had, I had no choice there, but I got activated as my ears are going off again right now. I mentioned a few times in this show. And then all of a sudden, a communication from the tree, not even, I'm like, how is this tree even talking to me? But that happened. Uh, and that was, a, I guess it's typically called a download. And that wasn't a, it was a group of some kind. It wasn't an individual like, you know, sitting inside the tree. Um, and I can't really explain it much more than that. I'm sure there's probably, I know there's books on, on trees, but it was a group communication from whatever type of entity uses the vehicle of trees um, is the best way I can put it. Uh, the, the Druid, the whole church was in, in, you know, groves. I think it was supposed to be oak groves maybe, but the point I would make is how many times have you seen the account of the spiritual seeker seeking under a tree. And for that matter, the cathedrals. I was just talking to Jason about this the other day. Are you aware that the cathedrals have almost as much cathedral underground as you see above ground? And that is the, I, I mean, the tree is the natural example of that, right? It's almost like the tree's root system. Like if you could just snap your fingers and have all the dirt and everything in the tree exposed in front of you, you would see all the organism below the ground that grounds it, that earths it. Well, cathedrals are using an idea like that. For that matter, we Jason and I were talking about dolmens. That was a similar thing. They used to try to always say that they were burial, you know, all the mounds, oh, they buried someone there. No, they didn't. Those dolmens, for one thing, the rocks with the huge rocks put on top of them, the rocks that hold up the huge rocks have been put under stress. And so that has to do with resonant vibration. And underneath the dolmens is like water sources or things like this. And that was true of the cathedrals. That's how the cathedrals were built. And the reason I'm bringing all this up, because it occurs to me that a tree is the natural example of spiritually whatever's going on there. Oh, I'd have to agree. I mean, you know, we've all heard the stories, you know, go hug a tree and that's earthing or grounding. Well, that's actually a great thing. But a whole, and I didn't believe in any of this when this happened, by the way, when we first started all of this, I, I called BS on this, that, and the other. I was just, you know, a pretty, you know, what I would think would be a typical person, you know, just kind of, but having the only experiences myself, it's not like, well, I read enough articles. I saw enough videos and listen to podcasts and well, I'm a believer. No, I'm not that guy. It has to happen to me directly. And then it and then goes from there. And then when I open up to it, but the focus was I had to realize that. So when I did the whole psychic thing, well, I'll just make fun of it first. You know, I, I called however many songs on the radio, this all alone at night on just a graveyard shift and a dozen other examples of where I would do stuff like that with nobody around. Nobody knew I was doing it because it was all in my head. And all of a sudden I got to, I'm like, well, wait a minute, that's impossible. What just happened? Well, that then tells me it's not impossible. And I'm such a, confident or strong-willed person that I just, well, I held on to that. I'm like, well, then this is possible. Well, then, and then all of a sudden it would start unfolding. I'd get more into those. I'll have the word energies here. And when I had the realizations, all the other metaphysical stuff turned up just by me. And it wasn't a magic um, yoga pose or meditation I learned. And I'm not dissing those things. I'm just saying it was literally 
just a realization or aha moment in my head that started the progression and started the, uh, you know, it's kind of snowball going and then just proceed from there, which is why I also started what, and then we talked about the Shungite beehives. So putting Shungite with beehives. So I'm an organic beekeeper. They, well, pun intended here, a hive mind, similar to the trees. So when I went out there with the bees, I thought, well, let's see if we can chit chat with a bee. Well, it wasn't a bee that was coming back. It was all of them. The air literally, uh, I don't know, it like sparked, not, not visually, you couldn't see it, but that's the feeling that it did. They heightened that in there somehow. Um, and then communication happened and it was similar with the trees. There's a few things and it's hard for us to think about them. Now, the first time I ever became aware of, you know, like think of the rush song about the trees and you're thinking, oh, he's just copying Tolkien and giving all these attributes to trees. It's a, it's a fanciful tale, but what I noticed, uh, growing up, in East County of San Diego is when, when I was hiking by myself and I went into an oak grove, there was a dark, oppressive feeling. I don't remember the kind of oaks. There's only a couple. It's either like a black oak or a live oak. I don't remember, but it is palpable. You can feel, and not like sinister, but nonetheless, you can feel it. Now, I used to hike through this one oak grove um, because out there, there always is water where the oaks are. I would hike to this other place where there was a relatively really old olive grove, maybe an acre of olives that had been abandoned, totally different feeling. And that's when I began to realize there's something to this. There is a quality, a characteristic that is absolutely palpable and different between this grove and that grove. And that's why I always thought about what the Druids were doing other things, but the bees, in the latest research that I have done that I accept, there's an idea that bees are, I think it's fourth dimensional. They're actually a higher dimension than we are. And that is also attributed when you smell, say, like a beautiful jasmine in bloom. That scent is reminiscent of, I think they claim, the fourth dimension. Well, I recently heard a guy say, when you go into dream state, and he was describing it, and that's why this was interesting to me because of what I just said. You can apparently go into a dream from a chakra, so from a lower or a higher chakra. And then he started to describe, if you hear water, you're at this level in your dream. But one of the ones he described, and I think it was the fourth, was if you hear bees. And I thought it was interesting because it matched perfectly with what I'd heard. So I'm just bringing this up because you're a bee guy. Do you accept that the bees are kind of fourth dimensional and how they output? Here's the other thing. How in the hell, like we've talked about it, when that giant hornet attacks the beehive and they're just getting decimated, there's like hundreds of bees with their heads cut off. And all of a sudden, they all just do the same thing and cover up and start vibrating and they cook it. Who gave them the command? Well, what's being claimed is the queen was monitoring. She realized we're in real trouble and she gave the command to the entire hive and she's in the hive. So telepathically or however that works and all the bees all at once did the same thing and they defeat the hornet. So, I mean, you're a bee guy. Do you accept that that's a fourth dimensional thing we're witnessing? Oh yeah. And I actually call it fourth density for a reason as well, but they, they do do that because they're, and that's why how some of them fly as well. They're just like us though. We're not in our bodies we're all around it. You know, you can call it aura biofield or whatnot, but we're not like crammed and stuck inside of this, this vehicle and neither are the bees. And yeah, so they're in, they hold space in fourth density, which is another frequency. So it's not some away place. That's why I say from the word dimensions, because some people think, oh, 
a hard stop here. There's another block over here called dimension, this, that, and the other. I know you weren't saying that, but often that's the visual we get. So for density, I'm telling you, it's kind of a bleed between two radio stations where you get crossover. And if you realize it, you can focus more and the bees do do that. So they'll feel something was out of alignment with them, out of frequency. In this case, we were talking about the hornet. It can be a mouse. I've seen that as well. And they'll feel that energy that should not be there. And yeah, they'll start vibrating physically, but that's just their physical body. Your biofield aura, I'll just say vibrates, changes frequency or density at the same time. And that's what's killing a, be it a mouse or a wasp or anything like that. Do you accept that it's the queen? That is giving the command, everyone cover up the hornet. No, no. You don't? No, it's it's a group thing. They just it's just a group awareness. Nobody, so you think it's just a chemical. At some point, some bee drops a chemical and they all do what they do. Oh, it's like you've been we've all had the experience where somebody walks into a room and it changes. Okay. For no. whatever reason. Okay. Well, you didn't need somebody to t- a queen to tell you something changed. Go get the bad guy or the guy out of a line. Nah. The environment changed the frequency. Everyone in that energy field, the hive, knew it. So they did what they were supposed to do. So they didn't need an order. It was just something out of alignment. It's like I heard bad, if I walked in a place and heard some bad news, I'd turn it down. Well, if it was my place. So no, there was there needed to be no order from the queen. She doesn't give a whole lot of orders as far as I've perceived. And I've dealt with these for I don't know how long now. They're doing their own thing. Everybody's in alignment. And that's kind of the whole. Does a bee have free will? From your point of view, I mean, they it's a hive mind, I guess that would be the best example, but like an ant colony or a bee colony, do they have free will? The reason I'm asking is because so many sources claim that at higher, whatever you want to call them, dimensions, uh, free will is no longer necessary. Oh, that's interesting thought. They have the option. So I'll, say, I'll put it this way. They go on autopilot most of the time, kind of like us. And then occasionally wake up and maybe they, well, I want to be a lazy bee today. I want to go out. Yeah, that's a thing, but it's not all the time. So when I perceive them and I'm looking, there's maybe 50,000, I'm not focusing on them all at once, but 50,000 bees in a healthy beehive, you can tune in to them and feel, and they're all just kind of singing this. I'll just, again, I have to get this out somehow, singing the same song, having the same thoughts. Um, and then, yeah, once one gets out of alignment and changes, it's, it's just different. There's not that in at least that I've perceived that in-depth intellect going on. It's, it's more of a, no, I'm in this vehicle that wants to, you know, go through the motions and, and do his thing. So, and I, I've never picked up on, and not that you've asked, but a bee turned into a hive. And all of a sudden I like, Oh, that bee is telling me he was Tesla. No, <laughs> I've never heard anything. <laughs> like that. I know. And, so. and yeah, I think I cut off Jason. It's all you, Jason. Well, to step back for a moment, when you said you were communicating with the tree, what was the tree saying to you? Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. And it was more message. And remember, this was completely caught me out of the blue. There was probably good 20. And I felt embarrassed because it started tearing up and I'm not that guy. 20 other strangers behind me. I didn't know. I'm just walking in this grove because it was a unknown area. Um, there was no that. And the tree, it was marked. That's I didn't measure it. That's how I knew how around it was or the diameter. Um, I did it, got up onto it. And then again, that moment happened. And then messages started coming in. So I'm just calling them downloads, but it was appreciation messages. um, And then things like we're all connected. The stuff you would typically hear in any kind of, you know, metaphysical book that you read by someone like that. And I didn't know all of that, by the way. I just had the experience myself. Again, that point, not knowing, well, sure, the tree's alive. You know, I love these trees, you know, thought about like that. And I literally said that in my head. 
And that's when I realized, wait a minute, this thing's communicating through me. And then all of a sudden I'm standing there and I can describe as pulses started shooting up and down through my body. And I could feel that. And again, I wasn't doing some special meditation I learned or anything like that. I literally went up out of love and actually I got to slow down a little bit because heart shock was activating now. just thinking about it. Um, And then when I did it, the messages or communication, it wasn't like, Hey Derek, how you doing? No, it was like, no, we appreciate it. Thank you. It makes a difference. It matters because remember I was tucking in my head. Oh, this is just one tree. I get to hook up with this little shungite nugget. And that was what was going through my head beforehand. And they were responding to that. So that, that was mind blowing experience for me there, especially all the feelings that went through it because I was like, you know, I better go quick. Cause I don't want somebody to see me actually hugging the tree. They might get a photo and make, you know, whatever's going through my 3d head at the time. So again, it wasn't, I was like expecting any of this, um, but that was messages back. It was appreciation and, and we're all connected more than, you know, things like that. And it lasted, I don't know, probably a minute uh, I was there. All right. So I know we drifted pretty far from reincarnation, but from where the conversation went, the fact that reincarnation seems to be a real thing, it's just one aspect of our greater spirituality, our greater spiritual, as you said before, the multiverse. Is that an accurate statement? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's all, yeah. It's just a perception thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's, and we're not all stuck all of us in this vehicle anyway. I mean, that doesn't even make sense if you think about it logically. Um, again, we're, a, we're a light being another quick add on just, and all this does tie together. Even though we talked about trees and bees and reincarnation, we are, like you say, we're still talking about us as light entities. We exist in what we call our heart chakra, not, not the cholesterol sac we call a brain. Because often people think, well, we, we, we're driving this vehicle around up there. No, we just tend to think that because that's where we're seeing stuff. Um, you know, one of our stronger physical senses. But we actually, you know, we're driving this, what I'm calling a vehicle, your body around from the heart chakra area. And people just knowing that helps it activate. And then you have that realization, and which is why I brought that up. And that's what I used. I had that knowing or understanding and was open to it. And then the the trees communicated through there. Same with the bees as well. Now, there was something I thought of when you had mentioned the tree thing. If you connected to one tree, could you kind of reach out and connect to the rest of the world? Like, are they intertwined on a spiritual level that you could communicate with the whole world? Or does somebody have to be stronger in the force to be able to get that far? No, everybody can do everything and everyone can communicate with any tree. It just has to be a thought in your head and then get emotional about, I don't want to say crying, I'm saying get emotional, realize that's an energy and you can connect. So somebody can, I've been sent a picture of a tree and then you can tune into it. And then again, that tree, if it actually mentioned earlier about from a different grove or a different type of tree, and yeah, they vary and I don't understand all of that, but it does vary. So cedar trees, cedar wood, those are very, I don't know, heightened density. Again, I, I use the words I have, vehicles, because that tree is a vehicle, just like our bodies, but it's for different frequency entity. And they can all communicate through. So it's kind of like I say an open chat room through the trees. It's, it's so difficult to talk about it because again, I, I don't have any background on it either. I'm wondering if I missed your question completely here. Well, saying like when you were connecting to the tree, could someone not necessarily just you, but if you were connecting with one tree, because there's a root system and all that, do they all intertwine? Does everything all intertwine and communicate? Oh yeah, but that's not, that had nothing to do with it. I thought, and that was, I thought that as well. Thinking, well, it's all connected. It's all touching. 
that's the physical. I wasn't doing anything physical there other than, so in the same story about hugging the, the redwood, no, that was just the physical part of it. I went all woo-woo in the metaphysical. The other 90% of reality opened up my chakras and energy centers and had that. And it's not something you have to do. It's like trying to say, well, if I'm going to eat this piece of food, I need to focus on my nose for smelling, my t- for smelling and tasting. You don't need to do it. It's just experience it. You'll experience it all at once. And just knowing that makes it more heightened. And then it, it just kind of went from there. Gotcha. All right, so we should probably get back to actual reincarnation, although I love all these topics. And as I was trying to get to earlier, it's part of the greater spiritual existence that we are a part of. And the physical reality is only a tiny part of whatever the multiverse is, for lack of better terms. So let's just do an easy, straightforward question. Well, maybe not easy, but straightforward question. Why do we come back here? And is there a first life? Are we progressing in some way? I know that certain spiritual traditions will say things like you have to advance till you don't have to anymore because you're learning spiritually. You're dealing with karma is, is one term that's thrown out there. Why would we come back over and over again? It's usually a choice thing. If, unless, again, you believe in some belief system that says you're doing this, that, and the other, and you hang on to that when you transition, then it is what it is. So if, if you're stuck in that belief, but no, you don't have to. And there's no level. I've never seen what we sometimes call the beginning. Like what started it all? I'm, I'm, it doesn't. It's just like it's all there at once. So I don't even know how to explain that one. I never see an actual starting point. And we have as long as you get. I'll just kind of make, don't drink too much Kool-Aid in this life. You'll have, you'll real, have the realization and then options when you do pass. Um, and I've seen it go just so many different ways. And if somebody's, you know been told that this is going to happen. They, they have to go through this process and that's just whatever stuck in their head. So I've had a few uh, communication moments where I was at, I'll just have to be blunt by an, an I like the term spirit guys, like I said, um, where they say, you know, that one's still working through things. So, you know, don't try and communicate yet sort of thing. So, you know, then I step back because um, I don't want to you know push too hard. So, but I never, I've never seen it to where you have to do anything and we usually do it because like let's call it a school like this place is often called well we go to school because you want to expand your understanding you can always learn in a different way that's why it's good to listen to different documentaries listen to different podcasts different points of view and then only take what sounds good to you what feels right at that time but be open to that changing as your understandings evolve and that's what i had to get right with as well because i had some hard set beliefs that kind of limited me and we talked about one of them, which was time earlier, but other things. Once I got out of that belief system, things expanded. Um, there are no, no more limits. But you don't, and everybody can reincarnate. It, it's a choice thing when they do, and or again, or if they get stuck into a, what I'm just calling belief systems, where they're forcing you to that understanding. So when you get to the other side, your body that you were most currently inhabiting passes away. Is there like a group think kind of thing? Like, are you faced with Dumbledore and you're going to have a conversation about things? Or is it that you're reconnecting to the greater all and you're figuring that out on your own? Like, oh, okay, I see where I screwed up. I should probably go and try and work on that. And it's all done on your own in the greater being that you are. You don't go anywhere, of course. So there's no, and I know you weren't exactly saying that anyway. So what so often, and I've seen where the person passes, they, and I see their spirit form, their, their themselves, look down at the vehicle. Okay, well, well, that was it. I'm out of that. And then you work 
it, it's your, again, I just have the word of imagination because that's what it is. You just give a thought. It's also called telepathy thought. And then that's who you communicate with because it's no different than me trying to communicate with somebody here in this life just by focusing on them. And we've all done that too. We've thought about our brother, sister, grandma, whoever, and all of a sudden they called us or texted us or that kind of deal. Um, it's the same there. So you don't have to, you know, get your footing again. You, you realize you wake up, you realize, and I don't mean you were asleep, but you wake up in the realization that, oh, that's right. I got out of that vehicle again, that body's done. And then wherever you're at in your understandings at that moment is what you perceive. Um, again, so it's, that's why, you know, they, I don't, I don't really join too many clubs down here because there's good stuff in a lot of different understandings I've, I've read, but a lot of them twist it to some 3D story that, that keeps you in set beliefs. I was just say experience. I would never, and that, I'm always being careful my words here because I don't want to preload somebody or say, this is what happens when you pass, blah, blah, blah. Well, often, as long as you're open to it, yeah, other entities that have passed before you. Your mom, your dad, your grandma, grandma, whatever the deal is, they're there and just to meet you. And there's no place you go. It's it might when I see it visually, I don't see any background. So I'm just seeing the entity. So I don't even know what to tell you on that one. I just perceive the individuals, and it's not like they're in a place. So then uh, the only word I can say is they're in a frequency. So what do you think about this? I was told recently, and Jason knows who I'm referring to by an adept, that I was I came back against my will. That's what I, that's what I was told. Uh, yeah, there's some accuracy to that. You were kind of, kind of forced to, and not forces, oh, I'm going to twist your, your etheric arm and, and, you know, make you do this, but forced to in the sense that you didn't get to complete, I'm going to be a little vague here, some of the stuff that you wanted to in your last incarnation. So then, you know, air, air quotes, you're forced to do it. So no, you were not, it's a play of words. You were forced because you were limited. It's like if I went to took one of the college courses I've done and I, you know, I kind of just played on my phone the whole time, but then I realized, oh, wait, I kind of needed to know that information. Okay. Well, was I forced to do it again? So you, I've never seen it where you're forced, but you know, I haven't seen everything other than convinced. I think convinced is the better. Actually forced is the wrong word. I used that word. That's not how, yeah, that's not how it was told to that. I was it was against my will, but not in a forceful way, almost like I still had the option not to, but I did it not wanting to. You didn't want to stay where you were. And I'm similar as well, by the way, um, to where, let's say, and there's so much of this level goes out so far. Yeah, you were restricted after your last life. And then the way for you, and they call it different things like karma down here, by the way. Um, and I have no training on that other than what I've perceived. So it's like putting a meal in front of me from, from another country. Don't tell me what's in it. I'm just going to try the thing. And, and it is what it is. And on that karma part, which does tie into reincarnation, once I got people to realize that karma's energy, we're light beings that can affect energy, just having, having that aha moment. And then I'm like, well, here's how you do it. It's, and then you remove it and you can release. You, can, you don't have to hold on to energies then you don't have those restrictions. And then they go by different words, attachments. Some people claim they've said, well, I have this implant and I perceive it. I'm like, well, it's not even physical. It's energy. It's so, it's, I mean, I guess you can call it an implant. So it's always a play of words on who I'm talking to. And the four things, yeah, you weren't, you wanted to get back down into one of these vehicles where you could wake up again in some of the terms we use go. So you, to where you're going to access, which is why you're doing what you're doing. That's why both of you are on the podcast, sharing this information, you're, 
And again, putting yourself in situations reminded, because this is far from your guys' first time around here, and then you wake up to these moments and then you expand. That's how we really do it. And there's nothing set to do. It's just to experience. A lot of you think we're here to save somebody. We're here to save the world. Everybody, you know, we're all supposed to do this. Uh, you're, you're here to change your own space. That, that's, that's the other thing is this idea. I've heard it expressed so many times by people that I would count as adepts. Where as human beings, we see things we think they shouldn't be doing. And so we intervene or we do what we do. Where there, the adept idea is just leave it alone. That person has to work that out. That's why they're doing it. And it's hard to think that way when you see someone doing something you're pretty sure they shouldn't be doing. But uh, we're near the top of the hour. Oh, I wanted to mention too, I was in a Bible study a serious Bible study, and I was seriously going at it, and I got thrown out for simply making the observation because reincarnation had come up, and I said, well, in this study, we're being taught that when we die and we go to heaven and we're alive, so we died and now we're alive in heaven, I said, isn't that a little bit like reincarnation? And they chucked me out the door for uh, bending their, their rule, their belief system, I guess, but we are at the top of the first hour, Derek, so Take a moment to tell folks one more time where they can find you and your work. Sure. And I'll spell the address out this time because it is kind of an odd name, but it's Mystical Wares, which is M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-L-W-A-R-E-S.com. Um, and then there's just a lot of stuff available on there. Even, and we even give out free Shungi um, for beekeepers that want to try it on their hives if they're interested. I'm double checking. We have a link to you, I think, on the sponsors page, don't we? Yeah, I think there is. And they can just click on that as well. Yeah, oh, here it is. Okay, so on this, on the third row down all the way to the left is a Mystical Wares. And so when we do the giveaway on Sundays, we've still been doing that, haven't we? Because Rose kind of keeps track of it. Have we still been doing that, Derek? I know that we still, we're ready to do it. Actually, my daughter Libby on my end has been doing it as well. So <laughs> I can't answer that either. But oh yeah, you're still, keep doing the giveaways. Um, we, we love gifting, of course. So basically what we do, uh, uh, if you're a subscriber to the full episode, a name gets chosen once a week and the gifts that get given come from Mystical Wares, just so people know. Um, Jason, anything you want to add in before we wrap up hour one and prep up for hour two? Are we still doing a discount based off of that link as well that people should know about? Yeah. Oh, you guys have a coupon code, Crow777. They get 10% off their entire order and that's forever. So they can use that time and time again, any order as often as they want and share it. But Crow Triple Seven would be the coupon code that they enter at checkout. So uh, unless they're, I think I need to change what's on my sponsored page because I don't. Actually, there used to be two images. Now I'm remembering. I'll, I'll have to update that. So there is a discount at Mystical Wares if you use Crow Triple Seven. So that's C R R O W seven 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 is your coupon code. With that, we're going to wrap up hour one. Hour one is free to everybody at crow777radio.com. That is C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. With that, we're going to prep up for hour two, and I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. I hope to see you on the other side, logged in as a member. There it is, man. Cheers.
never gonna go away. Welcome to the uh, second hour of Shungite Reality. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me right now is Derek Condon. I hope Mark Joseph is going to uh, join us. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, Derek. Hey, Nancy. Hey, everybody. Hope you can hear me okay. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Why am I not hearing Derek? Oh, wait a minute, because I got you muted. Can you hear me? Just don't panic. Okay. Say okay. something. <laughs> no, you got me now. Okay. There you are. Happy to be here. <laughs> did you have a good time listening to that? Of course he didn't listen to it. He can't handle listening to his own voice. Nope, I didn't listen to one minute of it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, it was very interesting, by the way. I did find it interesting. And I'm just making an adjustment here. You see and there that? is... if um. Crow Triple Seven, you can uh, pay for a subscription. It's really um, inexpensive on their website, and you can get a second hour of a lot of these podcasts. So Nancy played the first hour of the podcast. There is a second hour. Yeah, they to- they said that at the end of the. Uh, oh, okay, good. They gave the information that the people needed. Um, interesting story you told about the tree. I've heard you tell it before. And I think I really like the guy that does most of the talking. Uh, what's his name? Do you do you know? His, I'm supposing you know his name. Crow. That's that's probably Crow. Uh, okay. Um, I okay. Well, the first time I realized that trees talk was back uh, in uh, I think '89 when I was very upset about. Andrew the hurricane because it had done so such a massive amount of destruction to just not even buildings it was the trees you'd see huge areas of trees down and I had quite a quite a few down but I wasn't hurt that bad um, but I was lamenting I, I have a, a huge uh, mango tree out there and people who have come to to the property which is very very many who are psychically evolved, 
always realized that that tree seemed to be holding the diva of the property in somebody's terms, which means that that's like the mother tree of the, 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 the yard. And so I, I was lamenting all this destruction and I sort of like, okay, and I walk away from the tree and I'm about four or five feet away from the tree when I hear this very beautiful melodic voice say, don't worry about the ones that went down because their energy is now feeding the ones that continue to stand. And that was not something that I would have made up in my own mind. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, oh trees talk. <laughs> you know, this is very interesting. And over the years, I continued this conversation with the tree. But what um, I, I the first thing I noticed was it takes a while for them to respond. You ask them a question, it's not like, boom, they come right back at you. And I don't know if that's tuning on our part or they just are slow talkers, you know what I'm saying? But I thought that his um, wondering and questioning, questioning you about, hold on, wait a minute, I got the fish tank on, hold on. <clears throat> Hey, welcome, Mark. The thing that he uh, asked you about was, if you're trying to communicate with one tree, are you communicating with a system of trees, basically? And I, I thought that was very intuitive on his part because, yes, I think that that's exactly what happens, is that you've got trees that are connected through the root system people have done a lot of science on this a lot of you know looking at this and seeing what happens but my own experience with it is that you've got the trees are connected and they're connected in ways of okay so you've got an oak tree you've got the uh the cedar tree you got the mango tree you've got all these other different trees pine trees i've got a lot palm trees i got a lot of different trees on this property and they seem to be tied together, each of those single trees, into what myself and others have come to call the weave, the linking weave between the trees. But the other thing that I learned from working with them is that there is a communication between all the species of trees and each other. In other words, it's not like just one species is talking to other. It's like there is a weave up for this yard. It's a family of trees in this yard. And I do believe that every time you make the effort to communicate with a tree or other, other things, um, you are connecting with the oversoul. I think of it as an oversoul of the of the trees or an oversoul of of uh ruby or an oversoul of crystal uh quartz uh silicon uh you know so i i like i say uh he, he seems to be a young man but he seems to really have his ducks in order of course young to me is 50. <laughs> i guess it's all relative isn't it yeah it really is it really is Mark's with us. Yes, hi, Mark. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Derek. Hey, uh, welcome. Yeah, glad to hear the interview. Yeah. Did, what? What do you? What? what yeah, got any questions or any comments? 
That was really good. Um, it, was, it was good to change up in the rhythm and pace of the show. Um, there were a few uh, big highlights. I don't know if um, I should mention it now or wait um, if you guys are on a roll with something. No, no, go ahead. So one of the big highlights, uh, I mean, the the interview was done on, on the 4th, I guess, is the uh, date. Um, but that thing of... You know, pe- people here in, in, in this uh, 3D level, I know we get maybe stuck on the skin suit, the meat suit, the uh, the vehicle, like you were saying. But in, you know, when 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 they trans- uh, what we call it, uh, pass over, when animals or, or people pass over, they're uh, light beings. So I thought that was a really, um, you know, that, that we're all energy and as far as how others present themselves, and, and you've mentioned this before, that they would have to do like a shape shift thing. Like the the good example was with the cat, and then um, that they're they're a light entity. So I thought that was a uh, it it brings a bigger perspective if we hold that here too. And so that thing that you're talking about a weave, um, it's also known in other circles as. Uh, the morphic resonance or morphic fields that were information fields. Uh, I think Rupert Sheldrake had uh, coined that. But um, in, in, in another word, in connection with that is transmigration. So, so you know, a lot of big terms, but it's all very simple in, in what we are at the foundation. So I just wanted to, that was early on in the, like 19 minutes in the interview. That was a really big, um, um, you know these themes and topics that that uh, you mentioned. I never, I never even know what direction we're going in, especially on the uh, Crow Triple Seven podcast. Because as you, as you at least, especially on that podcast, found out, yeah, we'll we'll take a hard left turn here and right, and end up talking about totally different stuff. You never know. It's a lot of fun. You know the the question I have here. Um, I absolutely believe in the that everything is connected and that we have these weave type things. I can understand this when we're referencing nature. But right now we have a terrible condition in the world. And my question here, Derek, is, is there a weave with people? Because the thing in it, the, the the war in Israel is absolutely stark raving crazy for a lot of reasons. But what shook me to my core, and I mean this, is that the the butchery, the evil, the demonic things that have happened there, and I, you know, I my job is to watch this stuff to see it, and. It's very difficult to handle what's over there because there's just so much evil. But what freaked me out? Okay, you've got the you got the Palestinians who were a nomadic tribe. Okay, they didn't have a state. They didn't have one location that was theirs. They were a nomadic tribe moving back and forth through this whole Israel area, the you know, the what's now the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, all of that. I mean, all through the area, it was just nomadic tribes. So after World War II, 
the wor world's governments uh, wanted to get the Jews out of Europe and to put them someplace where they could just live their own little existence and not bother anybody. Because, yes, it was horrendous what happened in the Holocaust, but there was a lot of anti-Semitism in the world, even in America, or specifically in America. So they end up going, the only places the Jewish people said that they would go was Israel, what, what became Israel, that area, because that was their ancestral home. So they start, the world government start to send the Jewish people from Europe into, Pal well, well, the Palestinian nomadic tribes area. And so they settled, the Jewish people settled the area, but there was this continual conflict between the nomadic people and the people that wanted to create this new state of Israel, this new state of a Jewish homeland. So I can see that you've got, you know, the concept of the settlers are taking the nomadic lands and how you can develop a hatred for the settlers. Okay, and the settlers a hate hatred for the for the people that were there. It's the same thing that you see when we came to America and other places where there's, you know, South America where you've got this group of people that have been living there forever. And all of a sudden, you've got this Europeans coming in and saying, get out of the way, we're going to settle here. It's a predominant theme in, in humanity, you know. No, we're going to take your, your lands away from you. But So I can understand the, the antagonism and, and the problems that they've had in the area. But right now, regardless of what the situation was there in Israel and Palestine, the demonic things that were done in this most recent attack were just so stark, inhumane, something that you, you, your mind is boggled by. But what freaked me out was that here in America, they had people going to the Israeli embassy. Uh, yeah, I guess it was the embassy. I think it was the consulate in New York. But they went there and they started protesting for the Palestinians, for Hamas. And it's very hard for me. I, I can understand your support concerning the concept of, well, it was stolen land and they should be liberated. But the people that were protesting were, were, were saying some terribly awful things. You know, because the question by the reporter was, but you do realize that they're butchering civilians. Yes, and they deserve it. The hatred that I saw in these people who had no skin in the game. And they couldn't perceive the evil. And so, Derek, I, I, I hate to throw this at you, but... You know, do you have any handle on how human beings can get to a point that they will accept this brutality and butchery and rejoice in it? And it wasn't just in America. It was in Turkey. 
it was in Iran and Syria and uh, Iraq. All yay, yay, they're killing the Jews. I mean, it's very, very disturbing, especially somebody like me who truly believes in, in the connectedness of all. But there is something very, very wrong right now. And I think we have to at least try to address what we know. Are you good with answering that? Yeah, well, I got, well, I'll give you some perspective. And what I'll say is first that everybody listening right now, and those listening later, can consciously choose, we'll just call it the level of perspective they want to focus on something. Okay, so you can look at it down here from the 3D version, or you can look at it from, you know, a more enlightened perspective you have. And that means, well, wait a minute, I'm going to look at it from, because remember, I'm a, a light entity, as Mark had, had reminded us earlier. Um, well, that's right. So you're not a human. So meaning, I'll tell you, I'll put it this way, that these you're talking about the scenario. Long story short, the scenario that's playing out down here in 3D, the play, that's a thing. Okay, those are roles all of those humans are playing. And there's, remember, there's entities playing the human, if that makes sense. It's going to be tough to hang on to, but everybody try and stick with me. Those entities chose to play those roles or live through those scenes in this reality to learn something, to experience, or stepping up to the plate to show, be that one for others so they could see it from a distance or removed. There's a lot of moving parts to that, but when all is said and done, there are a bunch of light entities in those bodies playing a good guy, a bad guy, a Jew, a, human, a Christian, a blah, 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 blah. 3D stuff. Our thing down here is to remember to not look at it from that perspective if we can. So meaning when you're watching a TV show, let's say, uh, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I don't watch TV. <laughs> I literally don't. So I'm telling you a TV show. Let's just go Seinfeld, uh, the old ones. So Seinfeld, that's not, those are actors. So we all getting stuck into the, we're getting vested in the show or the scene or the play or the TV episode. We're not remembering that that guy's real name, in that case, it was, it was a bad example there, is actually Jerry Seinfeld. But the other ones, whatever their names are, that's not their name in there, um, their actual name. So we got to remember that. And then even that, there's another removal from that. So we're all choosing to see that and is then playing out that scene as Jerry and what Kramer and whatever the heck the other people's names were. You don't have to. When I sit there and watch TV, I don't do that. I look behind that. And I'm not talking about just saying, well, I know his real name is Jimmy or, you know, I'm not talking about that. But always if we can keep that layered perspective and not get stuck in one layer of that, especially 3D, the limited perspective of the visual bad guy punching that person, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's all. Try and remove yourself from that and go, okay, there is energies playing out down here, certain waves, you can call it, of things happening, tendencies. And then, yeah, long story short, if you zoom out from a further out perspective, remember, well, there's a light entity so-and-so and jumping into those bodies doing those things again that's a choice they had it literally is to play out a scenario just like we're not stuck in here to a certain point either um our whole thing is to learn these lessons and not get too vested i know that sounds bad but it's, you need to perceive you don't have to um you know totally be empathic so i've met a lot of people that actually make themselves sick some people died because they take on that energy or that drama happening and they've heard about it this that and the other Okay, they enter the energy field is going to affect them. That's going to then affect their physical body. That's a thing. You don't have to. You can you can have um, 
perspective and insight and talk about things without getting totally vested. And I'm sure there's better terms to use, but again, I wasn't prepped for this either. Uh, as any of the podcasts of mine, it just kind of comes out. So that's why I don't get too vested. I'm not saying I ignore it or anything like that. No, you can only do, in fact, I didn't want to get into all that, but I'm saying I try and only affect what's in, you know, my, what comes into my energy field, be it in my thoughts or directly in front of me physically or something like that on a day-to-day basis. And it gets enough of my attention. Well, then I give some attention to that or energy, depending on what it is, but you can always pick and choose. So I don't, I don't, there's no bad guy. There's no bad without good. I mean, we could go on this for hours, the yin and the yang thing. Um, but when all is said and done, they are entities and they're not, they were, they chose to, if, even in our case, born in, if it was the U.S. or wherever, pick your country, that's the choice we made. And we know it's an we're playing out. Now you get lots of leeway in there. There's no set contract, like I've heard some psychics say, or a, a path you have to, a chart you have to live through, and this, that, and the other. That's all BS. I, I used to think that myself until I actually started looking at it and then perceiving and going, oh, nope, that's just a, a set a set way things will play out unless you become aware of it. And once you, the more aware you are, the more effects you can have. Um, and that's when you do the whole manifesting affect your reality and other things. And so I know that kind of steered away from what you're talking about, but not really. Cause the point was that's the scene or scenario playing out down here in 3d. And that could be just a fight with your next door neighbor or some big, you know, turmoil in Israel. Either way it's, it's, you know, we all get to pick and choose. I don't know if that gave any insight anywhere, if you if, if it made much sense. Yes, yes. Um, what, what, how would you recommend, uh, because, I mean, there is a tremendous amount of fear involved in okay, all Okay, if you want to affect it, you didn't ask that. So what I'll do is I cut you off for a second for a reason, because that left me open, because that way I'm not, like, stuck. Um, if I was perceiving that, and, okay, let's say if that scenario got, because let's say I watched the news, and I don't, but if that got into my purview, my my reality, you know, Stuff happening in Israel, I'll just keep it that vague for now, just for conversation. And it got my attention a couple of times in the day. Well, then it needed my energy. So then, oh, we need some energy. What I would then do, and I'm not going to get in the whole spiel here because I have that free class on Mystical Wear's YouTube channel called Inner Expansion. But I get it, and I know everybody listening knows this, the container. I would put Israel, or, and what, so I don't even want to say that word because there's, you know, arguments on that too. I would put the area, the conflict, in a container of love and just imagine and feel that and then just feel it. And that's, that's what you can do now. That way you're not projecting, forcing, you know, a scenario of frequency and energy on any one particular person. You're just making the love energy or frequency available for those that want it or can benefit from it. You don't have to try and stop again, bad guy, a from going after bad guy B because maybe, you know, half the scenario, you know, don't get stuck in the 3d. Everything's energy, including those entities, playing those roles. So then all the actors on the stage, they need a drink of water. Let's call that love. Hook them up with love. They can go get it if they want. So that, that way you're not vested in it. Because if we start getting too attached, I see that stuff coming back with some people call karmic attachments or energy or they call it, I've seen it come back and they call it an implant. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess it depends on your terms. Well, because they left it so far in them that yes, it caused a physical issue to where they had a thing in them. Well, okay, I guess that's an implant. But it didn't happen from somebody like cutting you open. You can literally give yourself those physical issues by thinking too much, getting too vested in a remote scenario, sitting around worrying about it. That's not a smart thing to do because you're actually stopped not only your physical immune system, 
but your aura and biofield, your energy is sacrificing. You're giving ends to other stuff. The more you sit around focusing on it, so do what you can. Love energy, you know, that, and do your thing. Focus on you or the next thing in your energy field, whatever that is. And the next thing will show up. It's day-to-day for me, like crazy. And sometime we'll get Jalissa back on when she's not so busy as well and talk about some of the stuff. Um, but no, get involved and then release it. Don't don't stay focusing on it. That's that quantum entanglement thing. So if you stay connected to a big old ball of, let's call it negative energy that's happening over there and you keep focusing on it all day long, what do you think that's doing to your biofield? And then your body's supposed to be like regenerating in that field? Good luck. Thank you for that, because it's important that people do get the perspective on it. Um, Mark, what would you like to say regarding that? I mean, um, in in, uh, college, I graduated in in new media. And then, of course, a lot of your other shows um, covers the balance between current and cosmic events. Right. So uh, and and what can people individually do with with the tools at hand and locally? So. Uh, I mean, I like to go with pattern recognition. And so what was it like when the Ukraine and Russian thing first launched? And what is the similarities to what happened um, late last week? Right. And um, so we always know, especially with, you know, the last three years of the whole COVID thing, um, when the media is screaming about something, whether it's independent or mainstream, um, what is it they're hiding? What is it you're not supposed to see? So in in you know, you have this divide and conquer theater, like what Derek was talking about, and you get trapped in these dialectics. And that's also a way of energy harvesting, right? Uh, the fear, the emotion, and there's a little bit of a loss of control. Um, so we know that uh, in the Milgram experiment, two thirds of people will kill their loved one if an authority figure told them to. So that's a um, condition of um, uh, it's called bicameralism. It's a kind of sleepwalking where you're not really conscious and you just kind of follow orders, right? Um, and it kind of goes, and, and the solution, you know, Derek's always given is the same, but it's also in, in it's multi-level of, uh, you know, projecting out, um, like what Dolly says, with the love blankets or Ho'oponopono, you got the violet flame and then the heart-shaped um, C60 ball, right? And of being healed rather than healing um so and then uh, and then the whole thing of you know the the region and we do know the you know the the relation from ukraine to to israel is the whole thing of the ashkenazi and kazarian which also goes back to the uh mongolian empire that cliff has detailed of how they have a stronghold in all of these regions and of course, there's the whole thing of the child trafficking, organ trafficking, things like that. So there is a big, um, they do all connect as far as those kinds of things and um, siphoning off um, people's, you know, people's life force. So, um, and and like going back to what Derek said, the solutions are simple and they can be, you know, from the inner to the outer as far as like, um, uh what would we perceive in our reality, the whole consciousness thing. So, um, I, You yeah. made some great points there, Mark, and I want to actually tie into that because you had mentioned about the 
um, the energy uh, harvesting and uh, the life force is that and the other. And that's all a thing. But I'll tell you, the bigger thing that they that they're trying to do is to keep people from imagining using their energy. So it's not even so much taking it. It's to distract them because if they realize that and I remember I, I don't. I'll put it this way. I don't. What is it called? I think. I think a bedazzler. I don't own a bedazzler. That thing you can put little shiny things on your pants and clothes and all. So meaning, I remove all the fluff and the shiny stuff from it and bring it down to energy because that's what it all is. And if we get stuck too much in the layers, like we were talking about earlier, then we have to spin this this way and tap three times and knock on wood and get this certain object and blah 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 blah. No, we're talking metaphysical. So none of those parts of the recipe matter. And that's why it does all the way is come back to energy, your imagination, emotions, and then put it in a container. So that's why I do that. Um, but the, the point was the energy harvesting part. Yes, they, they can do that. But more so, it's them keeping us distracted. And that's what I see on a daily basis for me, different entities for different reasons. If they don't want me to happen on the way home here, I'm where I'm at right now. I'm just moving stuff. So... Long story short, I was having a thought of what I was going to say on the next podcast, and literally, it was like a an ice pick. Olivia was sitting right next to me, was driving the van, stabbing me in the hand, and just turning it around, kind of that, trying to distract. And there, <laughs> we'll get into more of what it was later, because I really don't want to feel that again right now. But it was, I mean, physically painful. So, and I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody, but that's how blatant it'll get with me, because it, it, I'll just leave that there too. So. It can go that way, or it'll be just something, a shiny object to keep you from thinking about it. So, meaning now have your positive thoughts, because I don't know how many studies there's been. Somebody will tell you it's been this many thousands of people have to focus on this, that. Well, I'll tell you, one person can focus and absolutely have an effect on a, what we would call a grand scale. Um, so even that, don't get stuck on this science. And nobody is here, but that this person said this many people for this many minutes had to do this same Whatever. Okay, fine. That will work, but that's not the only way. One person can have an effect. I mean, I've absolutely seen that and done that in my life, so I know that we can all do it. Uh, so I'm glad that you brought that up and articulated the way you did, especially the energy harvesting thing. So, meaning you don't have to have your energy. And any second you can, and I had that aha moment or epiphany. I don't know how many now decades ago, where I'm like, well, this bad guy entity that I'm seeing is having this problem. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like. Not, not a thing. I had that realization that this is my energy field or aura, my essence, my light body. And then, oh, it'd be like, oh, that just shot my heart chakra. That was really weird. Woo. Um, I got to be careful. Uh, Matrix moment. Like when Neo's standing in the hallway and he goes, you know, stops the bullets. That's a thing you can have in your head. And it's not after, you know, eating vegan for so many years, as I always make the bad joke. No, it's just a realization. Just know it and own it. Um, and then it gets stronger. That's how it really happens. And then none of that stuff has to affect you. And then you happen that fast. Like just now, my heart shock just started blasting. I'm like, what the heck? I'm about not to be able to speak just from doing what I'm doing in here right now. And, and so be aware of that too. You know, just a little add on there. When you feel that whole welling up sensation, your heart shock activation, it's not random. Um, just know it's like a muscle stretching. Think of it more like that. And then you don't have to focus too much thinking about, well, wait, what was that exactly about? Was that entity so-and-so? Um, just think love. Stretch that love muscle. Um, and then you can use your imagination to control it. I don't even know if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I I'm glad that you honed in on that and then, and then blew it up. 
no pun intended, obviously, but uh, it, it's like in martial arts and Aikido of taking the energy or attention flow and redirecting it. And it's almost like uh, a shaping, uh, redirecting a kind of uh, gravity, right? Um, and so in, in the interview, we're talking about that we all exist in the heart chakra area, even in uh, thermographic imaging of wh where is the heat uh, in, when people have this spectrum of emotions. And then the biggest one was love, and it was in the chest area. So a lot of these different um, mental technologies over the years I've taken, matrix energetics, quantum touch, uh, Lynn McTaggart's power of eight, um, the simplicity of, of its um, methodology is, is it all starts from the heart space and it gets projected out. And, and that's through your intention. And then you can make uh, physical change really within, within seconds, if not minutes. So um, yeah, that, that's kind of where, like, like, I don't know, Derek, if you want to expand on that, of us existing in that yeah. state, the heart area. <clears throat> no, you're right. And of course, there's, you know, I think we've heard the other podcast where it's, you know, it was 40,000 something sensory neurites around that area. You literally have a second brain down there. But even beyond all of that, I'll tell you, now when I do certain, I'll just say energy things, and sometimes it's directly people in front of me or whatever, um, you don't have to actually feel it. Because I've heard, I've heard somebody saying, well, I have to do this breathing exercise for this long before I feel the energy flow here, there. I'm like, okay, you know, that's great. Again, I'm not dissing anybody's what I like to call recipes, but I'm saying you don't have to. Because I go so quickly, I'm not sitting there generating this, that, and the other. It's, I, I just tell you, it's like, I guess Neo's on my head for some reason. I was just have to say it's a matrix thing because it is literally immediate and exact um, at that moment. And you don't have to do this, that, and the other. When we step back from a higher perspective, let's say, so kind of zoom out from the planet and think like floating around looking down at it. Why would any of those physical aspects have anything to do with the metaphysical stuff we're talking about if it's a healing thing? Because I hear people say, well, you got to feel the energy go from this chakra to that chakra. And I'm like, well, you got more chakras than you're even saying anyway, buddy, but we'll go with that. So what I'm saying is you don't need that spatula in this place to make that mix. Again, another way to explain it is when I do it, it's just there and I don't feel some, not all the time, some massive heart blast go through me with goosebumps shooting up and down and tinnitus beeping and squealing and all that. The show, no, that happens and sometimes it's random, sometimes it's never. But I'll tell you, it's never, regardless how I perceived it, limited the effect. So what I'm trying to say, release, because I got stuck in that myself. I don't know if anybody else did. Maybe it was just me in my head. But I would get stuck in that thinking, well, wait a minute. This person felt this, or they said they had that first, or want, 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 or they took the psilocybin mushrooms, and they had to talk to this big elder first, and then no, 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 you do not. It's just getting in your own thoughts and feelings, and you'll expand the way you're supposed to. And often, you don't feel stuff. Even if it's a psychic thing, it's not like it comes in some grand, shiny, you know, platter in front of you. It comes in really faint, subtle thoughts in your in your head to start with. It goes like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I see people tune that frequency be it on remote sessions or in-person ones. And I'm like, that's the same as your imagination. I'll just call it a frequency. So I'm like, people, you're that's tune that channel. Open up your imagination. I didn't say steer it. Open it up. Realize that your imagination is the psychic channel. And then see what happens. And that's how you can, and then it'll expand from there. But bring it back, don't, and nothing, Mark, you were saying this or anything else, but I wanted to make the point that you don't always 
physically feel the metaphysical stuff and you don't need to. Um, and because that is the limiting factor for a lot of people when they worry about that, they go, well, I just didn't have that experience. I didn't want, well, it makes no difference. You're in a different vehicle. You're a, a ve some vehicles have heightened headlights on that say, you know, high beams. Some don't, some pick up on more of the woo woo and doesn't mean better or worse. Maybe your focus, you have better shocks on your vehicle. So you're going to take the bumps. You know, I have weird analogies I've run with on this stuff, but it's about getting the understandings across. So don't ever think you're limited. Um, just perceive the way you're most capable. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me see what I uh, can expand on. Um, I, I don't think I have anything. Nancy. Uh, I want to know your take on on uh, what we just talked about as far as this energy expansion and, and giving people, you know, the power back. Well, I think it's critical that I was actually thinking about taking the clip of what you guys just talked about and putting in a cosmic reality tonight because I thought it was that important. Um, there's a lot of stuff. It's it's like theater. We're, we're, we're caught in this play. And if you focus too much on the play then you make a as derek pointed out a quantum connection with the play if you just look at the play and do what he was explaining with the seinfeld qu question oh these are just actors isn't this interesting and not take it kind of personal if you will um that you can get to a point where your frequency is no longer attached to that. It's attached back to the quantum entanglement of the cosmic reality that we know, we feel. But when you get something that is this mind-bending that is going to affect every country in the world, and it could be, uh, you know, the first inning in a very, very bad game, uh, we have to sort of like disconnect from the game, from the theater, and put out an energy field at the individual level. And yes, one individual can do an immense amount. And over the last few months, I've been feeling that we need to push this concept of we're, we're in charge as long as we want to be in charge, as long as we engage there's a lot of people out there that just won't look at this information so they don't know what's happening well they're not going to affect it because they're not into it one way or the other they've ignored it but if you look at it and you say oh my god this is terrible um why are we doing this or you know you can ask those questions but those questions will draw you into the game so and, and I mean, I, I'm I'm one of the people that has a, you know, I'm, I'm continually having to look at it because that's what I do. I try to tell people about what's happening out there in that 3D crazy world, you know, and give them the tools to navigate through it. But before I can explain what they need to do to make an influence on this, as far as I'm concerned, I have to understand what it is. So it's continually, you continually get drawn back into it. Having this conversation and listening to that conversation, you know, it, it kind of like gets you back over your base 
and you go like, yeah, okay, be really careful that you don't engage with the game because again, it's each one of us is so powerful that if you get engaged, you start feeding the energy to it. So, you know, for the vast majority of you, I think you have to know what's happening. I do. I really think that if you want to go to the next levels of involvement, that we have to see what could have been. Don't think of it as what is. Think of it as a play, what could have been. And walk away from it, you know? Put the energies out that will just make it something else. We don't even have to know what that something else is, you know? But we have to put it in the love energy because the love energy knows what should be right, right? Pono And just put that energy out there. And not get freaked out and not get drawn into the game. So, um, I no, I deeply appreciate the uh, the conversation. Yeah, and, um, wanted to expand on that. So, uh, I was I was looking at um, uh, the mystical wares, shungites. So, w- what are the things we can um, apply to not only because. Uh, one of the things I mentioned um, last year with the last week with the Veda Austin um, tape I played is, and in, in her interview she's constantly bringing this up of, um, you know, us being mostly uh, mostly water, and so she gave this example of eggs. Of there's a free range egg and then the generic um, conventional store bought eggs. If you just if you take just one free range egg, put it in the middle, and then surround it with all of the conventional eggs. All of the eggs surrounding will um, become pretty much just like the free-range egg in terms of uh, consistency and, and texture. Um, there, there's obviously more detail to it than that, but listen to the interview. And we do that, like what you know, Derek was emphasizing of, of the hard space and the expanding in Dolly's love blankets. So just by self-transformation and your presence, you're already changing the people not just around you, but the the like Nancy you're talking about the weave the morphic resonance and field the non-locality connections you have with anybody just by a by a thought and so um one of your uh, uh what do you call it? maybe peak or top um items is the cosmic silver wrapped uh shungite so you can get it as a rock i mean that's what i i put it in my pocket because i don't really like so much stuff on me or the cosmic silver um, bracelet. So different options of um, uh, keeping grounding centered and then constantly expanding and keeping your uh, bioelectrical field big and wide no matter where you are in this soup of like Wi-Fi and people's cell phones and cell towers and all this stuff, the 3D things and um, yeah. So, so uh, you know, that that's what I always, not only do I have one, but I have a spare in the car because I'm constantly like um, losing the thing or like I left it under the pillow from last night. And then um, I'll, I'll be buying a uh, uh, um, Shungite silver soap. Uh, so I, I, I like using that one um, that Derek has. So I don't know if, uh, if you guys can expand on that. You literally mentioned what I was going to say. So if somebody's so tying in the conversation we had earlier um 
as far as affecting energies and what Nancy was saying too. So if we get too vested in this, that, and the other. So if we're going to do anything energy-wise. Let me, let me just stop you for a second. Have you got your microphone up against your shirt or is it close to you? I'm actually on a cell phone and I'm just holding it away from me. Is it any okay. better now? Okay, no, it's mostly good. We can get through it, but it's it's a popping noise, which normally indicates that you're either rubbing up against something. Oh no! Or with the phone, with the phone, who knows what what it could be? Okay, I'm sorry, but I, I, I you know, just thought. Oh no, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, always interrupt if it sounds like. Yeah, I understand. Maybe like I was rushing against my shirt, but no, it's about eight inches from my head, just sitting here. Um, so it's maybe a connection issue. Well, it's a distraction for me too. Um. Uh, oh, energy field wise, we were just talking about. Um, you know, me, my my cheesy analogy. So, if we're going to be, if we're going to affect any, even ourselves, but let's talk about others energetically. So, a chef or a cook in a kitchen, well, you matter first because you don't want a dirty chef or a dirty cook with dirty hands or stuff on their clothes making your food or that energy. So, the most important thing to always work on is your own space. So not the place you're at, not your space is the frequencies and energies around you. And that's how you affect that, of course, with, with the whole, the buckyball or however anybody's spin on that recipe is, but do your thing. Oh, but you got, and then that ties into what I was talking about, Mark, on he said what I was going to exactly say, because I'm, I'm wearing a, a silver wrapped cosmic tumbled nugget, so a pendant. Um, and typically I'm doing a lot of moving stuff today, so I don't, I don't want to tear my bracelets, but usually I have a bracelet on. But like Mark said, or you can have the nugget in your pocket either way. And I'm reiterating that because you always want to start with your own space first, your own energy field, your environment. And that environment moves with you as you move, of course, all of that. And by the way, when your thoughts go from you to the Middle East or wherever, that's your energy you're going in. So you want to make sure your metaphysical energy field your perception is armored as well because we don't think about it. we'll think well, our body i'm in my buckyball well no are your thoughts staying in that buckyball around you probably not well we just need to have that aha moment and go oh wait a minute and then just and then you don't have to have an exact spin on this or recipe or way to do it you just have to have the realization that yes when you're perceiving or thinking about entang or entangling with something remotely, something on the news or grandma called you, said something's up, whatever the deal is, that is your energy connecting there. And it's not like a big string because everything's connected everywhere. I don't want to get in the, the quantum and the physics part of it, but we down here have to just have the realization, oh, I want my perceptions or my thoughts or, again, word that however you want, to be armored in love as well. Otherwise... What I've seen is, well, okay, go remote perceive something. Often they call it remote viewing. I like remote perceiving. You're going to bring stuff back. That's the thing, too. That's, and all we have to do is not, well, oh, I don't want to go anywhere. No, you don't have to worry about that either. Just do it in, you stay within your love, your perception energies, your, your stuff you're shooting out there. Again, whatever your imagination plays for you individually and when you try and think about these things. And you don't have, that's again, you don't have to realize it a certain way or imagine a certain way. So whatever your way is, add on to that recipe, as I term it, that that is going to be in love as well. Because I've done whole remote viewing sessions. Somebody said, well, I think in this time of my life, I was abducted in this ET craft and here, there, wherever. Well, yeah, okay, I can remote perceive back because there's no time. It's, it's all there. It's like turning on any episode on any um, video on demand system. So I remote perceived. And that an entity on that craft saw me. 
I wasn't expecting that, but it was an aha moment for me to realize, oh, they're a little psychic ET. And it wasn't all of them, by the way. It was like one. So they're a little psychic uh, person on that ship, picked up on the woo-woo guy, remote perceiving in, and then it kind of went from there. And there's a whole learning thing for me. But And that was like, you know, sticking your hand in somebody else's, you know, door and being seen. Well, some of that can come back. So if you do, I would then armor myself with love and just in a certain frequency so unless that other entity or thing going on in the planet was in the same frequency of love, it's not going to connect to you or attach to you is one way of putting it. I'm not sure, if, again, like I always say, if that came across, because I, I stumble on trying to describe this stuff. But just keep your thoughts and feelings armored as well, as I say, or in a love frequency, even when you're thinking about somebody else, because um, you definitely have an effect on them. And I, I got a lot of stories I can't even get into on that one. And it didn't go the other way, too. And I found that out. I'll vaguely touch it. Um, I found myself having, in the 3D, others would have said justifiable negative thoughts towards somebody. It wasn't some horrible thing. I'm just being vague for, again, to get the conversation quickly. Um, all of a sudden, the text came in because this person knew that they had done this to me or whatever, and, they, and then they woke up, they realized, well, wait a minute. I just probably not the you know the best guy to to affect that way because but on my bad and I had to learn from this I need to wake up in the 3D and realize don't sit around having pissy thoughts about people you can affect them and I'm being really vague here and I had to realize that so I'm like oh I don't get to and nobody else does either by the way without having an effect so just always be aware of that literally your thoughts are affecting the 3D I mean in in sometimes really bad ways. Um, so just, again, that's, that's a thing as well. I don't know how that tied into what we were talking so, about. Well, I, yeah, but my question here is, so you pissed the guy off and he came back at you? No, he pissed me off in a bad way. And I was sitting around at home just stewing off. I'll just be, I'll talk 3D. Let me just get to the chat. I was sitting around at home pissed off that this had been done to me and I was legitimately wronged. And I'm like, you blah, blah, blah. You, and I'm not thinking 3D, I'm, or sorry, thinking metaphysical, but I'm getting worked up. I'm not just like putting my hand to the wall. No, but I'm, I'm, you got my attention, and it was not in a nice way. And all of a sudden, that person got so-and-so um, having, having heart issues, having this, that, and the other. Are you, and they had the realization, long, and I remoted afterwards. I chatted with their guide. And they said, yeah, because I'm like, well, that person wouldn't have reached out to me. I said, I know. I spoke to the guy that's talking to the human, saying, basically saying, you know, think about this, trying to get him to think about this, think, you know, that what's going on, then you better reach out kind of thing, because this energy connection needed to stop. Um, and then, but it was also a learning thing for me, too, like, oh, shoot, you know, I know I can do it in a good way, because I never thought, I don't do bad, I don't like natively, you know, voodoo energy zap people, and I'm just making fun of it. I just kind of think it doesn't occur to me. But, uh-huh, yeah, it is the thing when you're just sitting around having, you know, not happy thoughts. I mean, so I hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me on such a level because I don't fight. I don't get in a big etheric battles. I don't need, I did that early on. I'm like, well, there's always a batter thing or entity in the room or in the space, we'll say. But uh, no, there's not. Because then I learned the armoring, affecting my biofield. Long story short, turning on my country music, my love songs, and they don't like it. They, get, they can't hang out in that. Um, so that's how I can deal with a lot of the bad stuff, we'll say, really easily and quickly with love. I know it's corny as heck, but that's the toughest frequency there is. It's not even a tough thing. It's just 
It just they can't hang in that is what it is. It's like you know me trying to hang out in some disco club or something. I'm like I'm a country guy. I want my country. So, but love or a negative frequency. So if I walk, it happened yesterday at a pumpkin patch. I was I had to drive by there to do something or other, and there was a person that and I had to armor myself because I was gonna be around a lot of people. And she, heart chakra lit up. She started crying right away. And then she, she didn't even know who I was. And she's all of a sudden, I don't understand this. And a third party there knew what was going on and knew me. And I'm like, so we kind of separate. I don't want to get in that whole story, but that's a thing. So we just have to be aware of our energies. Um, they they directly affect others, good and bad. Pretty amazing, isn't it? It's just pretty amazing. When you when you think about it, oh, that, it's yeah, yeah, but it is a thing. It is like even that circumstance yesterday. I was just really big on because I never know who's listening to this. Um, that I wasn't aware of it either. I didn't wake up with them. It's not like I'm walking through there trying to do anything. I'm just doing the woo woo stuff, and then and uh, people have been put in front of you as well um, to the unbelievable level now because I'm aware of it. So it's like you know having that certain vehicle now. You see it everywhere. Well, I've been doing this long enough to where it's like all of a sudden we'll be walking, say Jalis and I, and I'm like, oh, because I'll see, say somebody's away from, we were at a Bigfoot festival a couple weeks ago or something. Uh, there's a group in front of us. I can see their oars lighting up. One was kind of, um, I'll just say, had some negative energy on it kind of thing. I'm like, okay, well, I know that one's going to get put in my presence kind of thing. And exactly that. And I'll just, again, just for the description here. All of a sudden, at that ran, and I usually give Jalissa a heads up. I'll go, okay, well, it's going to be this one, this one. I'll dime out like six people, and they'll all of a sudden randomly step in front of me. Again, they're not looking at me. It's, it's not because they want to see me. They don't even know who the heck I am. Um, but it'll just happen no matter what. And you don't have to see this stuff. So what I'm saying is sometimes know that if you walk around in your, your, your love container, people, and this is everybody, people will be put in your presence. And for me, I have to try and be patient because, yep, that means they're going to just all of a sudden that shopping cart out or whatever 3D thing is tied to it to get that moment of interaction again um, is the thing. And they're they're good. I mean, that stuff needs to happen. Um, and I never know why I usually get into telling some of this stuff. I must have tied to something else. Yes, because I said something to you that made you think about that. <laughs> but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Mark, anything you got right there? Yeah, one of the <clears throat> bigger highlights, and especially relating to the 3D space, is uh, karma. The word karma and the, that whole deal. Um, I don't know if you remember what you what you talked about, but it's limitations and how people also get stuck in that dialectic, and how we can uh, get get out of it. So I thought that was a key thing uh, that you had talked about. Yeah, no, I don't remember exactly what we got into because we used to go so fast. But yeah, the whole karma thing. I mean, I remember because I always go at this like you know menus that I do. So I'm like, I don't know. I kind of heard the word karma. So then I, I can perceive it. So when I look at, I'm, I, I, I'll have something in front of me. I'll, I'll be, again, I got goes kind of fast and just say it in, in layman's terms. I'll say, okay, show me this karma thing, and I'll, I'll just do that in my head, and I get to see the different energies or frequencies, and I get to trace them back. So long story short. Oh, <laughs> that's just energy. That's somebody else's song, and they're getting this entity in front of me to keep repeating it. It's like repeating a song in your head, and we can also call it genetic diseases and things like that. Same, same energies, by the way. Um, and then, well, Grandma, this disease runs in my family, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, I guarantee you, you're going to be singing that song when you transition from that disease. 
okay. It's also called epigenetics. And I get to see it, remember, from the removed perspective, so it's kind of, you know, seems, uh, I don't know, a little removed. Well, I mean, it is technically removed. It's all energy. So I'm like, all we have to do is be aware and then just, you know, you can imagine it being gone. So you'll see some energy workers flinging their hands, some shaking rattles at you, some giving you this tea to drink beforehand. And I'm not dissing any of those because it doesn't matter. Do your do your placebo effect, take your sugar cube, whatever one feels good for you, but ultimately know it's you doing it with energy. And so we can call it a miracle, we can call it whatever, it's you and energy fields. And all we have to do is realize that and try to remove a lot of the fluff um, right on, you know, having that effect. So karma's not, just don't do it again. So if you realized it, let's say uh, you did this really, you cheated on this boyfriend or girlfriend in high school and you're still what was mean over it for your whole life. I'm you no, know, just look at it, analyze it, look at the energy, and don't repeat it. Don't sing that song again. You don't have to sit in it. It's not with you. You're not gonna now exist in that song until somebody breaks up with you that same. I mean, if you believe that, in my rude terms, have fun with that. Okay, and that's what you're gonna get. Because you get to program not a little bit, you affect your reality, period. You do. That's a thing, and it's not because of you did this out of the other. You just have to have a realization. So the karma thing is, again, I don't even know what culture that comes from. I've, I don't know anything. I don't Google it. I don't. But I look at it energetically. I'm just that guy in the kitchen that can take the meals apart or the descriptions or this type of energy or whatever. Oh, that's made of flour, salt, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, how many types of bread are there that are made of the same basic ingredients? But we're all calling in different things. So I'm just that guy that likes to, you know, break it into the constituents, you can say, um, and then remind you that you can affect all of that. And there's no set way. Um, there's lots of ways to make bread. So karma is not, is only as real as you believe it is, just like anything else. Well, you know, the other thing about karma is that, well, let's take somebody that murders somebody. You could come back as somebody that gets murdered or somebody who loses somebody to murder, or, I mean, there's all these different that's varieties. The scene, remember, that's the scene. So even the murder thing, even if somebody does murder, an entity chose to come into a vehicle to go through that little scenario that was going to play out of being murdered so somebody else can perceive it or read about it in the newspaper or their brother and sister so they can feel this emotion to move through that energy to transition, to learn forgiveness or whatever the thing is. Like, that can go a thousand different ways down here. So always, if we can, try and remove from the scene one, and there's other steps back, by the way, we're not getting into, but one step back, remember, light entity having a physical experience. And they did that. It was gonna, that's, those scenes, not to the exact are gonna play out, but pretty, pretty much. Um, well, what, what I'm pointing out here is that if you have all these karmic things that could happen to make you aware of that, why would we limit the God spirit by saying it's only this particular way that you can fulfill that karmic thing? It's almost like if you believe in karma, then you got to believe that souls are being made all the time, <laughs> you know, or that one light being who had that experience then has to be into you know other simultaneous reincarnations in order to get the full implication of that one act i don't know if that made any sense yeah because there are other used right now so when somebody has me do the that. whole 
past life thing. I'm like, well, that one just looked at me. So I'm like, well, that sucker's aware right now. I'm like, so then there's not just a one you, and that's a whole can of worms. Um, but oh, I've looked at it. No, it's not just one you. And But then you got to get us. It's like trying to get, you know, a hamster to comprehend algebra. We're the hamster. We, we can't. We don't even have the words for this stuff. That's why you see me stumbling, talking about cooking all the time. What do you think? Well, must, he must eat a lot. I'm like, no. I, just, <laughs> I don't have another way of describing these things with, with at least my limited vocabulary or English or all the above. Um, well, so well, that's, well, go ahead. So we, we agree that there's there's different versions of ourselves. Oh, so 100%. It, if that's true, they've got to be as close to uh, the closest to us as a, at the quantum level. So I would think that maybe when we think about one person putting out love energy and being the representative of the best face of everything, you know, that that must affect all the other versions of yourself. Think of it like a flickering self. So if you were standing there and you have a person flickering in and out of, yeah, okay, now think about. 20 people in that same spot, and I'm not telling you that's the number's 20, all at once, that's how you're connected. You're not further, and you're not saying it in this dimension or this other reality or whatever the hell Marvel's putting out nowadays. Think of it more, it, there go my ears, woo, crazy, and not just that. Um, they're all, they are you. It's like tuning yourself in like a radio. You don't go anywhere. You don't have to hold the radio up in the, you know, north area of the room to pick up country in the south first, blah, blah, blah. It's all there. So more think of if you want to integrate, like some people say, other aspects of yourself. Like I had a doctor, well, just the closest description would be a Doctor Strange version of myself um, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So I'm like, well, then I am that. So think, put on a Halloween costume of yourself, but imagine it right then, not away, not out of yourself. That's what all these others, I've seen other podcasts and people talk about, and they're always removing you. I'm like, oh no, you're actually getting them to separate themselves. Uh-uh. It is already in and around you. So, what? Long story short, you can imagine yourself in a, in in my case, a Doctor Strange outfit and doing that and the other. And then those frequencies from that other self will be heightened in the you in the here and now. If that makes sense, you don't have to go grab nothing. There's no upgrading. There's no downloading nothing. Everybody's talking downloads, uploads, because that's our techie culture. Uh, uh-uh. it's all. It's a focus within you. Tune your heart chakra to the healer you. And damn it, you're the healer you. You want to be the psychic but you, then you imagine you are right then and now, and that's the one you're tuning into. That's just a better kind of visual perspective to wrap your head around it. Yeah, that's fun. Mark. Um, what can we do for the solar eclipse coming up Saturday, and what do we have for uh, Radio 5G tomorrow, Nancy? Um, Radio 5G tomorrow is uh, Mark Steele, the one he did with uh, Marie Z, and another one that has got Kathy O'Brien and Dr. Oh, the one we, inter- we we had played her interview last week. What's her name? Dr. Anna Mahalcha. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's what's tomorrow. And they're going to be talking about light healing. And, of course, Mark's going to be talking about smart cities. He's also going to mention that strange thing we had with the uh, uh, emergency broadcasting thing. And it's before it happened, so it's going to be kind of interesting, I think, if I decide to play it, um, that section, because i got to take some time off of the, the programs. Um, but that's what's happening there. And your other question? 
Is it for me or him? So, yeah, both of you guys. Uh, solar Eclipse, Saturday. Right. Derek, I don't think he pays attention to these things. <clears throat> no, I can feel them when they're coming up, though, and stuff like that. What I would do on anything like that, because you can listen to, you know, I have 20 different podcasters online. They're going to tell you, you need to do this, that, and the other during any of these type of eclipses. Or, again, remove yourself. It's energy. We'll just call them energy events because it's just a, a change in the energies. And we can't say, well, for sure it's this, that, or the other. So what I do on events like that, and I can feel just, I'm going to leave that out because I always, I don't want to talk about the stuff that, because then people get thinking, well, I have to feel that too. And I don't, so then I just kind of side skirt it. When I know there's a solar eclipse coming in or a lunar eclipse or a change in the energy, I go at it from the perspective of, I want to, and you can play with your terms here. Use, activate, integrate, and, and again, let's go with the techie terms of now that we, I was making fun of earlier. Download whatever frequencies or energies are best for me. And again, you can spin that recipe a lot of ways. You can say in the here and now, the higher self. But all that way, you don't have to worry about was this a good energy coming in? Is it a bad one? You just have to be the conscious light entity that's making the conscious choice in your head. You only want what's best for you. And by the way. You don't have to know what's best for you. That's the other thing, because what are you going to say? Oh, well, I want the energy one, two, but not four, or frequency, this, that, and the other. That you don't, Again, we don't need to get stuck in all of that. If you're aware that you affect your biofield and aura, that's all you need to know is come from that understanding. And then anything in your environment, you can then say, I only want what's best for me. And okay, that's then how you can limit it. With that, we've got to stop. We're uh, at the top of the minute before we hang up here. So do you want to thank us? Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate the first hour and uh, what you've done today. Um, Mark, do you want to say good night or good afternoon or morning? Or yeah, whatever? thanks, everybody. Uh, Meta- metaphysical uh, fair on Saturday also. Mystical What's that? Oh, that's oh, right, Mr. Gore. Yep. Mm-hmm. In store at Mystical Wars in Mount Vernon. No, appreciate everybody being here. Had fun. Thanks. Thank you very much. Be safe, everybody. See you next time. You have been listening to the Shanghai Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for being here. Be safe.